podcast helping women reclaim their power soul and identity so they will know they are enough today i have a special guest her name is dr monty hill Fadarero. we're going to talk about toxic relationships healing uh healing from narcissistic abuse uh, specifically and then we're going to deep dive into what flying monkeys is and how having boundaries going forward in relationships is the key to growth, healing, and maturity. And without further ado, I'm going to tune you in to the interview between Dr. Marnie Hill, Fadarero, and myself. Be blessed. Okay. Hello, my name is Katina Horton. Welcome to the Valley of Grace podcast. And today I have a guest. Her name is Marnie Hill, Fadarero, and we are going to talk about her life story, healing, relationships, toxic relationships, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm just going to give the floor right on over to Marnie Hill, Fadarero. Welcome, Marnie. Oh, hey, Katina. Thank you so much for having me on Valley of Grace. You are very welcome. So if you could just start off by uh, telling the audience your life story. My life story, the whole yes. thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, briefly, briefly, I was born in Miami, Florida, and I was raised in Lake Forest, Illinois, which is a, mm-hmm. a, a north northern suburb. And um, I went off to college at an early age, just very okay. motivated to be on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I was extremely independent and, uh, you know, just wanted to be successful but also I wanted to just be on my own exactly yeah I started off in business um Mm -hmm. and transferred a couple colleges but I ended up in education which was the best for me so I became Mm -hmm. a special education teacher and um just absolutely loved that okay Um, in fact, I, you know, just a few years ago, retired from a 35-year career as a high school special education teacher in the Chicago suburbs. And 12 of those years, I was a university adjunct graduate school professor, which I really enjoyed. Okay. Um, I went on to earn my doctorate in 1997 in um, education. And it wasn't until like 2013 that I did postdoctoral work for a few years at Harvard. Um, So I was really, I'm just a lifelong learner. Um, But, you know, a big turning point in my life, um, I uh, 
got married and kind of felt like I was living the American dream, raising my two beautiful children, you know, working at my job as a teacher, just enjoying life. But I, I kind of ignored a lot of red flags and realized at one point after 27 years of marriage that I really needed to escape that situation. Wow. And it was a very, very tough decision. Um, I knew there would be repercussions. I guess I, I didn't have any idea how, the extent of the repercussions, but, you know, I knew in my heart of hearts that, you know, God wanted me to live a happy, safe, you know, healthy life. And the only way to do that was to, to leave this uh, marriage. And so I did. And, um, it was very challenging. Um, lost two adult children to parental alienation, which is just a devastating form of um, child abuse, actually. Curious. Yeah. And, um, and it happens to men and women, you know, and in my case, uh, with one child, it's almost a decade. It's very, very painful, especially that they were adults. However, I have to say that, you know, I have been blessed in so many ways. And I think um, part of, you know, my blessing has been that I look at life positively with love, with forgiveness, compassion, goodness. Yes. I believe God has a plan for me. And, um, and I believe we all have a journey on this earth and mine involves extreme loss and heartache. Uh, not only did I lose the children, which was the most devastating, but I lost my home, my money, my safety and security, my support system, just, you know, everything. But I rose above. And um, part of the reason why I write and I speak on these topics is to give other people hope and inspiration that they too can go through challenges, but they can rise above and uh, go on to live a beautiful, happy life. And so after retiring from my teaching career, I moved to the Caribbean from wow. the Chicago suburbs. And so I've been here three years. And actually, um, when I first moved here, I had written my first book, which is called God Came to My Garage Sale. And um, it was spiritual fiction, although it's inspired by true events that happened at a garage sale where I experienced some miracles. And since I've been in the Caribbean, I have written a five book series called True Deceit, False Love. And that addresses domestic violence, narcissistic abuse, parental alienation and intergenerational family trauma. Because I, I really believe our voices matter and that there are many different ways to heal from some of the things we've been through. And I wanted to, um, create a creative approach to healing through a reference book, through poetry, through um, even a word search puzzle book. I um, mean, they're just very different approaches, but there are tools that people can use to, to overcome trauma. But now I'm here living a beautiful life, very authentic to who I am out in nature appreciating the beauty of this world. So wow. that is my life story in a nutshell. Wow. <laughs> so I've got uh, three questions for you. Yeah. Uh, the first one is, what led you to your be still and no moment when it came to going like, I've got to get out of this marriage? What was it that led uh, you to that moment? You know, um, well, I think 
indirectly, there were years and years of red flags of knowing that I, my values of honesty and family and goodness and uh, kind of working together were not the same values of who I was with. So I kind of ignored that for so many years because I was got busy. I was really busy raising the kids and working full time and getting them to different activities mm -hmm. and just, you know, giving them opportunities to yes. be independent and, and enjoy life. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah. So I got, you know, very busy with that. But um, there was a defining moment where it was just one too many things. And I think the timing of it in some ways was divine because, you know, I should have had that moment years before, you know, but I, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. And I, I, I think that all things happen within a certain timing and that maybe it's orchestrated from above and not necessarily from this earth. So there was a defining moment after 27 years, I was scared, but I, I filed for divorce and um, didn't realize that the abuse would kind of ramp up afterwards. I didn't really... Uh, plan my escape like mm -hmm. really, that's a lot of people probably should do a little bit more um, making sure that you know their exit could be a little more comfortable than mine was but you know it is what it is and um, but like I said I've made the best of it amen amen yeah. yes and one of the things I noticed uh, even when I think about like with myself uh, like you say it you think that, you know, it's a very courageous thing to do when once you get that clarity. And I, like I said, I call it a be still and no moment from God that like, this is what he's telling me to do. Like, I know my issue, like once I got clarity and I figured out, okay, this is my issues. This is his issues. These are the issues of the relationship. And then it's just like, yes, you know, you need to get out of this. Right. What I didn't realize, like you said, though, is coming out is like a whole nother level Mm -hmm. of abuse yeah and even once you're out of it well you guys are not together in the same household I noticed for me at least is that then the abuse got ramped up to a whole nother level yes it does you it see does. what I'm saying going yes, through the process does. of divorce and court and all of that type of thing you know it just gets like I said you, you thought it was something being there you know but you just like just like you know, I know. Remember thinking to myself, like, my God, even talking to God, I said, I didn't even realize that it was going to get this bad. And Not then at, at the same time, it's just like, I don't even know this person anymore. Who is this person I married? You know, it just got just that bad. You know, right? And you know, because you're a good person, you like to right. think that other people are good, and yes, and would, you know, um, be. It, you'd be able to communicate and, and mm -hmm. honorable, but not everyone is, has those values. There's a lot of malevolence and, and personality disorders, you know, yes. identity disorders that, that they have that makes them obsessive and that they need to get revenge and mm -hmm. destroy you at all costs. At you know? all costs. Yes. And in fact, you know, I filed for divorce almost a decade ago and my abuser is still taking me to court in Chicago still taking wow. support and we didn't even have minor children you know um my kids were 20 and 23 when I decided to wow. to leave this person that I 
I loved because mm-hmm. I, I think that's just who we are. We love right. people, yes. but didn't really like the person for many years um, mm-hmm. or you know, resonate with them, but still was sticking it out for, for so long. But anyway, yeah, they, it's, you get it. You get right. it. Right. Oh, I get it. I get it 100%. Yeah. And uh, like a lot of the women that I've talked to, it's the same issues. It's like, as long as uh, their uh, narcissistic ex has the money, they will just continually, every few years, keep taking them to court. Yeah. And yeah. it's obvious. It's just like, you know, I know the number one thing is them winning at all costs. Right. And destroying you in the process. But then number two, it's like, obviously, you really want to keep this thing going because it's like, no, I'm ready to move on. Right. <laughs> but if you, you know, if the person just keeps continually wanting to keep taking you to court, you could spend your whole life doing that. Well, they're not well. These, but they're these, not well, right? That they're not well. And, yes. and, you know, they, they've got such issues Mm -hmm. and you know a lot of these people in fact most of the well all of the books that I wrote in the true deceit false love series all have an image of you know an abuser and it can be a man or a woman this isn't specific but they have a a mask that is slipping because they they're very concerned of the the public image that they work so hard to portray and it's Mm -hmm. false you right. know, they, they don't have those same values of integrity. And mm. um, not to say that they can't get along in the world, they do. Right. And they, many of these people have top positions where they love to have like, you know, a harem around them or a, or, or a, a, a bunch of workers that they can kind of control and manipulate that a lot of it has to do with their need for power and control. And, yes. you know, it's a very sad thing when you eventually do the work and you you realize what you've gone through and you do some of your own inner work that what yes. makes what makes you a target for someone like this being an overgiver or an empath or someone that will put up with you know bad behavior yes. so long you know then you start to realize if you do some research how very sad these individuals are like I don't well, wish sure. harm or or negative anything to right. my abuser. I, I wish for their sake or or people that they surround themselves with that they could move on and, right. and go on in their life, but it's it's they're stuck and they're it's stuck. very, very hard. They've taken everything from you though. You know, they right. oh for and sure. And it's like that's not even enough. It's not enough. It's, it's not it, enough. That's the thing about it. Inside right. of them, there's this. Uh, I never forget when my therapist referred like an insatiable hole. Yeah. That, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah that's never really enough. Right. I have never heard it said that way. And that, you know, Katina, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Insatiable hole. Be, and, and they're just very, very, I really feel sorry for people like, like that mm-hmm. uh, because I have moved on and I've, right. I've found love and I have found mm-hmm. peace and happiness. And, you know, yeah, I did have to move thousands of thousands of miles away. Um, you know, but that was for my own healing and my you own. You wanted to do it for your own healing. Yeah, for exactly. myself. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Amen. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. Yeah. I'm trying to, th- okay. So then the second question I was going to ask you is I was listening to your story now the two children that he alienated from you that are adults. Yeah. You said it's been 10 years since you've spoken to them. 
10 for one and just um, half a year with the other. So um, one was 20. Okay. And just shocking because I, you know, had such a loving normal range relationship, but you know, it's, it's the alienation is not only the abusive, you know, parent, right. but it's, they also enlist what they call flying monkeys and it can yes. be neighbors yes. and friends and family. Yes. And they, they somehow, you know, they get the kids to align with them because of this false narrative with lies or half truths or just history rewritten. So part right. of the reason for my writing is to find a way to reach them, to let them know their mother loves them, yes. always had. And if they right. could, if they could do some critical thinking, you know, because yes. they were little kids, they, they were adults. Um, if they could do a little research on Stockholm syndrome and independent thinker syndrome, right. or, you know, just the whole trauma bond thing, mm -hmm. Um, then they could maybe understand what has happened to them. Yep. Uh, but yeah, with the other child, um, it was at age 30. So, yeah. you know, you're right. So they know better, but, you know, it's, there's a lot of research into parental alienation and why, why this happens mm -hmm. um, to wonderful fathers and wonderful mothers. Yes. That just their lives are completely, completely changed. And I don't know. And I've, I've had to accept it. Um, you know, you can only reach out so much. Oh my and of word. Course, yes. The abusers make sure that legally there would be repercussions. If you reach out, uh, they don't want you even to send a birthday card or yep. you know, a holiday card or anything like that. Um, so it, it is what it is. Um, and you know, at some point, you know, you know, as a parent, you've done everything that you possibly can and you, yes, have to, amen. you have to pray on it and you have to kind of let go and let God because you sure do, don't point, you? there's something else at work here. They have to go through their own journey as well. Amen. They sure do. You're right. It's their own, uh, like you said, individual journey. Yeah. And then um, the thing about it, you know, and even when I think about myself, you know, as I've mentioned to different people that I talk to, you know, in regard to uh, toxic relationships and then narcissistic abuse in general, when it comes to toxic people, what I've noticed is um, one of the main things they do is judge and criticize other people. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying that we as human beings don't get caught up in that sin. What I'm saying is that like, that's a major thing that's on their list where it's like day in and day out. That's part of what they do. Right. And but so, also Katina, they were mm -hmm. damaged kids when they exactly. were young because exactly. obviously they went through some sort of trauma yes. and you know, a red flag is when that person will say, I had a perfect childhood. My parents were just perfect. Nothing yes. ever happened. Yes. You know, your family, yes. like they point the finger, you right. know, when they point the finger yep. at other people, they mm -hmm. gotta realize that there are other fingers pointing back at them. Yes, the mirror is pointing yeah. right back at them. And so, yeah. yeah, like you said, it's like that they will make it seem like your family is bad, which is what yeah. I experienced, you know, sure. during the early stages. And with the church and some of the friends and like important yeah. mentors. And I didn't realize that this is, it was just a backhanded way, basically. It's a cold yeah. way of isolating you from those people because right. if I can inflict self-doubt, 
You see what yeah. I'm saying? If I can gaslight you, put self gaslighting is huge. The gaslighting yes. is huge, not only to you, but to everyone else that's around. And you know, right. you really learn the true colors of the people you've surrounded yourself with. It can yes. even be a best friend that you oh, for sure. realize was betraying you for years. Yes. Well, for years. Um, but, but you know, that's part of our journey. We have it's to part realize, of the journey. Wow, yes. You know? Yep. It's part of the journey, but yeah. that's been my way, like my wake up call when it comes to the judging and the criticizing part is that yeah. that's how, like some type of way I realized I got fused into that, yeah. you know, with him talking about the important people in my life. And so then there's something like emotional and spiritual occurs during that fusion. And you are all of a sudden isolating yourself from those people. So I right. think the same thing happens with the parental alienation right. is that, you know what I'm saying? They uh, painted such a bad picture of the other parent to the point that, you know, the child is like, it's almost like they're in a trance, just like doing the love bombing things. You see what I'm right, saying? But, but think of how long it took us for our light bulbs to go yes. on. Yes. And, you know, these are these are children, even though they're adult children, they want to think good of their parents. They do. They, and, and I believe kids need both parents in their lives. Oh, they, they just, do. They just need to know what they're dealing with and kind of, you know, understand. But the projection mm -hmm. and gaslighting is is tremendous. And the isolation is real. You really, um, you know, you lose your support system, you know, yes. even family that you see. Even family. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, um, it's just very challenging, but you yeah. know, even though we can't control other people and what they do, we, or situations, we can control ourselves That's it, and, and we can make the best of a, of a bad situation. Oh my word. Yes. And you're yeah. right though. And that's the thing to remember about it. Cause a lot of times, you know, we're like, well, I got to do this. I got to change this person. No, the only no. person we can change is ourselves yeah. to set yeah. up boundaries and be able to move forward. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And you know, when you lose people because you set up boundaries, yes, you're not losing loving, uh, compassionate people that really want to know the truth or understand yes. the truth. You are losing people that really are into the drama or into the chaos or into, um, you know, abusing you. And so yes. really, it's, it's a hard thing to, to set up some boundaries. It's very, very hard because, you know, especially as Christian loving people, yeah. we, we want to think good of other people and we, we, do. we want to give people second chances and third chances and fourth chances because that's kind of who we are. Isn't and, it? Right. But, you know, at some point to the boundary doesn't mean you don't love the other people or care about them. The right. boundary, you know, because it's not, the boundary is not set up out of revenge or anger. No. The boundary is set up because at some point you need to protect yourself. Like right. you know, I, I'll set up a boundary because I don't want to deal with this being put down anymore. I don't want to deal with um, a false narrative or just... Yes constant contention it's just i don't mm. want to live that way right and yeah. that's one of the things you were just saying that i realized that's too uh very true uh is the fact that 
the people that you've had to release. Like you said, you realize, and it's, it's hard to come to terms with, even though you know, you, you know it's for the best. Right. Those, those individuals, like you said, are a lot of the ones that's caught up into the drama anyway. Yeah, right. You see what I'm saying? And it's yeah. just like you start to think, well, if this individual telling you that I was like this and you've known me how many years? Right, so right. Our children is one thing, but it's like for the outside, you've known me how many years? So you couldn't like come to me to see what happened. So it must not be something that's meant to be, you know what I'm saying, to right, continue right. on. Right. I feel like the relationship wasn't what you thought it was. And, you know, yes. with, with adult children, there's an added dilemma because, you know, they want peace. They want to be independent. And, and the abusers make them dependent as much as they can with money. And, yes. you know, I'll pay for your cell phone and, yes. your, and your plan for your cell phone. Yes. They don't, the kids don't know that, you know, the abuser is tracking and trolling and, mm -hmm. you know, there's there's other, yep. there's another agenda going on, but these adult kids, um, mm -hmm. it's so sad because they, it's almost easier for them to just leave it the way it is and let that yes. loving parent mm -hmm. go to their dying day without a relationship with them um, because they just don't want the stress. They've been through so much stress. And you know what? That's true. Yeah. So, so, so I feel bad, but you know, really at some point, these adult children need to do some work themselves and, yes. and they need to be the ones to kind of step back and look at the bigger picture and, and they need to be the ones at some point to reach out and, um, you know, understand the dynamics a little bit more. And, and Oh, for sure. And it may not happen in this lifetime. It may not happen until, you know, they are midlife or that they've been alienated from their own kids or yes yes they suffer some kind of loss where they're just kind of like jolted you know and hey let me look at let me do some inner work on my life but oh my word yes why do you think um it's a two-part question why do you think people stay in toxic relationships for so long and then why do you feel christians do it you know, I think people stay in relationships when I think even about myself as you get busy yes, and you, um, you like to think good of other people. And so you think that it's going to change Yes, um, and you just ignore, I think our, our, our bodies and our minds ignore the red flags mm -hmm. because we don't want to see the truth that someone is having infidelities or someone is manipulating money or breaking the law or doing oh my word yes we don't want to see that we want to to keep our american dream alive and then your second question with why do christians stay in it you know not only do we make vows to the person we thought would be our forever partner mm -hmm. but we made vows you know before god exactly and, and yeah so we yes. really you know have it's, it's a very hard thing to think that, well, I failed God, you know, mm. I'm going to keep trying and trying and trying. But at some got point, you. we've got to realize God wants us safe. God <laughs> yes. wants us happy. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, my word. Like you said, he wants us safe. He wants us happy. Yeah. And because uh, a lot of time we've put more faith in trying to get the outcome of the relationship to be what we would desire more than like 
saving ourselves. We were so caught up at the time trying to save the marriage, you know, mm -hmm. uh, relationship, partnership, whatever type of relationship it is, even if it's not romantic. But we've gotten so caught up into that rather than, and the Lord is like, no, honey, you need to stop and look at right. yourself. Hold the mirror up. I'm trying to save you. <laughs> right. You and know? you know, history has something to do with it. And trauma. It does. You yes. know, uh, your viewers and listeners should really check out what trauma bonding is because mm -hmm. that is a real thing. And it, it, it keeps us from, you know, realizing our full potential because we just, yes. you know, um, continue in unhealthy and toxic situations long, long, you know, we really should have made some changes long ago. A long time ago. You're right. You know, and you look back and then you're like, I, you know, and I tell us, well, thank you, Jesus, that I, I had to come to Jesus moment and can move yeah. forward. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yes, I can move forward. So what would you say would be your definition of a toxic relationship? You know, I mean, there's many definitions. I mean, definitely unhealthy. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you're dealing with some of these, you know, situations that we have been talking about, whether it's right. in a romantic relationship, a friendship, or family, a work relationship, mm -hmm. there's a like a level of malevolence where there is some calculated manipulation and betrayal. Mm -hmm. And when that is part of the dynamic, I would say that's extremely toxic. You know, it when, is, there are, isn't it? When, when there's lying, cheating, and stealing, yes. you know, that's mm -hmm. not good. That's yep, not it, It's good. not good. And we should not tolerate that. That's true. Yep. Like you said, lying, stealing, and uh, cheating. And like, it makes me think about uh, my theme verse of John 10, 10, the thief coming to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. And yeah. so when these toxic individuals come into our lives, they come to this for, the, for those three purposes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when it's like the destroy part, oh yeah, like at all costs, you know? And that is not who we are. That is not, right. but we are not made that way. And, um, sure. and I don't know, I believe we are all children of God, you know, mm -hmm. even the, the abusers. Right. That, oh, that sure. Maybe there was some environmental situation that, mm -hmm. that, you know, led them on a path where they felt the only way to gain acceptance or to get success. And a lot of these people are money motivated, yes. power motivated, you know, um, and, and that's so not what motivates me at all. I mean, I'm motivated <laughs> right. just by looking at this beautiful world and, right. and, and coming across beautiful people such as yourself, you oh, know, thank that, you. Oh, but really you can tell, you know, people who are authentic and, you know, but we didn't for so many years. That's we, true. We did, but you know, um, with time and experience comes wisdom. Amen. That is so true. Oh my goodness. Uh, my next question is, uh, why do you think it's important to break soul ties and unhealthy relationship patterns before you enter another relationship? <laughs> well, you know, you don't want to repeat the same, you know, shenanigans. You don't want, you don't need to be re-abused. And unfortunately, yeah. a lot of people do find themselves jumping into another relationship blindly again, um, because they are seeking what they, they 
they didn't have, and they don't really, they haven't learned about mirroring. They haven't learned about projection. And so, you know, or love bombing where yes. these people will tell you anything and everything just to earn your favor. And, mm -hmm. and then you'd be right back in the, the same situation. So I think you really do need to break break ties. And there are wonderful people out there. And I'm living testament yes. that I've got a wonderful life partner who really gets it. But we're, but we're also on the same level spiritually. And, yes. and that, you know, um, wow. and we each know each other's players and what mm -hmm. we do. And, and there's a level of friendship and compassion wow. and, um, and just fun and yes. you know yeah so so there is hope but Amen. i think you do need to release you need to you need to do the work you need to do the work on yourself oh as well as the research about narcissistic personality disordered people psychopaths mm -hmm. sociopaths you right. need to understand what makes them tick and and why it's it's not your fault you know it's right. not your fault that you were in this situation mm -hmm. You know they they targeted you right targeted you and they're very right. skilled right. very very skilled individuals that is so true very it's almost like a sixth sense yeah there you know so how do you think um a person would live a life that represents resilience flourishing freedom and abundance you know, that's a really good question. Um, I would say, you know, just stay true to your values, to your integrity. Okay. Staying true to your values and your yeah. integrity, making sure that they are congruent. Yeah. You know, no matter what other people do, that doesn't mean, you know, you have to change and take on negative qualities. Remain honest. Mm -hmm. You know, honesty is the biggest virtue that, that, resonates with me but right. compassion and forgiveness not Amen. only for the people that have the perpetrators you know mm -hmm. forgive them for they don't know what they do amen but forgive yourself you know yep. give cut yourself some slack that you yes. know don't, don't beat yourself up that you made the choices that you made and that was maybe part of your life lessons so stay yes. true to your values and your integrity Oh, amen. Amen. Please tell the audience about how you empower people as an author, a speaker, and a woman of God in general. Um, sure. Well, you know, first of all, I believe our voices matter. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, having these candid conversations, um, I believe brings awareness to all sorts of issues. And could, you know, someone who is tuning in might resonate with that or see similarities. And if they can see that someone has gone through some dark times, right. but can rise above, then that gives them hope to and inspires them to, to also rise above. And, you know, uh, my first book, which is the 2020 Best Books Award winning spiritual fiction, God Came to My Garage Sale. Wow. That was written that was written because you know i had some miracle experiences and i was just compelled to write about them mm -hmm. and you know really it was like a, a questioning atheist background person mm -hmm. having some of these experiences and wondering you know is there a god you know right. we ask these questions all the time 
there are some people that have blind faith, but I'm someone without that foundation. So I needed proof and evidence. And I was during a very dark time in my life that where I could have been sad or angry. Mm -hmm. uh, I just wasn't. I was filled with love and gratitude. And um, and then these miracles came my way. So I was compelled to write about that in that spiritual fiction. But then I went on since I've moved to the Caribbean to write mm -hmm. a five book series called True Deceit, False Love. And I think that some of the tools that I use in this book series can be a tangible way for people to heal um, or to at least work towards understanding um, some of the dynamics of this mm -hmm. family trauma. Oh, my word. Yes. And you're right. There are um, dynamics. You know, when we look at like even um, our patterns of behavior as the you know, the persons that uh, came into the relationship and that were abused, like what happened, you know, what went on down our line, emotionally, mentally, yeah. spiritually, et cetera, that led us to hook up with someone like that. You know what I'm saying? Right, definitely. So we have, you know, we are targets of abuse because we also probably were abused as kids in mm -hmm. different ways, whether right. it was neglect, whether it was gaslighting or whether we witnessed abuse like you know a father abusing a mother or right. a mother abusing the father if that's something we experienced you know I my parents also divorced and that was you know um that was also something because of their experience I never wanted to get divorced because ah. of you know so I was kind of conditioning myself to stay in this probably that's why I stayed almost three decades. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we do need to look back at the intergenerational component of it all. Oh, my word. You're right, because that's so important and part of, yeah. uh, I would say, the, uh, what you call it, the healing process within itself, isn't it? Yes. To go back better. and look and you can see it like, oh, okay, now I see how this came out. You know, you it, sometimes it's like you six or seven generations back as far as right. how you know, when something started in your family line, you know, and the yeah. systems that were set up and in place that allowed us to keep going uh, with it. And you know what I'm saying? And no one breaking that pattern. Right. And I feel that I'm breaking a pattern. You are. I really do. I feel that, um, you know, even though it is the abuser that, you know, brought on all the the real devastation and all that, you know, doing the inner work, you do see some, some, uh, parts of, you know, what made you who you are and yes. accepting of this. And, you know, yes, it's, it's very hard midlife. Um, you know, like I'm 60 years old and I mm -hmm. finally am putting my foot down and breaking a pattern and honoring my late mother by doing Amen. so. Yeah. Um, because as a kid, you know, I, I knew some of the challenges she went through, but mm -hmm. I didn't really know the extent of it. And yeah. Now that I have the research and the knowledge and I'm just the light bulb moments, mm -hmm. it's making more sense to me. So I am honoring her also by just saying enough is enough. And, no, yes. you know, and, and like I said previously, the boundaries aren't because you're mad at anyone no. or angry or you don't think you're better than your, than other people. Nope. That's not the case. The boundaries are really to honor myself and yes. to... Say, listen, I don't want to have all this conflict. I don't mm -hmm. want to be 
down. I don't want to be discounted. Right. I don't want to be smeared. And I, it's just not part of who I am or where I want to go. Mm -hmm. So, yes. you know, taking care of yourself is very important. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Like you said, taking care of yourself, doing the self-work. And like you said, uh, yeah. putting those boundaries in place which lets people know more of, it expands there rather than people, you know, a lot of times we want to look at boundaries as restrictive, but right. boundaries actually expand people's knowledge of our identity. You know what I'm saying? Right, and actually it could have um, a, another consequence that maybe the people we have put up boundaries might then go on their own journey of self-reflection to yes. think about why would this person want to put up a boundary with me? Yes. I'm perfect and I'm this and I'm that when really right. they might, you know, we might indirectly be helping them on their journey. Yes. And there's a law, um, I can't remember what the name of it is, but there's a lot of basically uh, either once you start growing as an individual, either people are going to grow with you mm -hmm. or they're going to leave. Right. You know what I'm saying? No matter what relationship we have. So I like to think of it as either they're going to grow or they're going to go. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's interesting. right, right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And like you said, maybe they'll eventually, you know, have some type of come to Jesus moment and right. say, like you said, some type of reflection, you know, especially if it's a pattern where they notice where it keeps happening to them. Right. You see right. what I'm yeah, saying? Right. What is the common denominator? Right, right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I know it's not my role to teach anyone any kind of lesson. Not at all. Nor do I want to, you know, um, right. and, and who am I to, you know, impose my own beliefs and thoughts on anyone else? I, I, I don't do that. I've got to just look at myself and, and just stay true to my values and look and take care of myself, not exactly. put myself, especially after everything that I have gone through and everything that I have learned. Oh, yes. You know, I, I'm into moving forward. That's me too. Like you said, yeah. not trying to figure out, well, let me. You know, I've got to get you to believe this. I got to get you to um, see it the way that I see it. That's time and energy. <laughs> yes, like you said, just moving forward. Um, what do you feel holds most people back from making progress when it comes to healing? And then do you think it's the same thing for their calling as well? Like as far as holding them back? Well, I think that there are two different things, but I can see similarities. I think fear is is big. I think in the beginning, when you realize, you know, who and what you're dealing with, right. there's a certain amount of fear. And, you know, we even see that in the global, you know, picture right now, that mm -hmm. fear is what, um, you know, uh, people that want to control other people, they try to instill fear. And, mm -hmm. you know, you get caught up in that because, you know, you are in fight or flight or you are in survival mode. Um, I have to say that, you know, it doesn't matter what my abuser or any of the flying monkeys or toxic people do. I, I am no longer living in fear. You know, right. I, am, I have come into my own, but I think mm -hmm. fear holds people back. Um, you know, keeps them from leaving situations, but it also keeps them from, um, from 
moving on and, and achieving their full potential and self-actualizing because, you know, maybe for years they've been made to believe that they're not worthy or they've been gaslit to believe that they don't have the skills or right. that they are not capable when really mm -hmm. that is so far from the truth, but Isn't that is it? something that what we've been made to believe, mm -hmm. um, don't try this because you'll fail. Right. And, and, you know, there could be a lot of experiences people that people have had in school or in other relationships that have contributed to this kind of narrative. But right. I think, I think fear is, is a big part of it. Okay. Yep. Yep. I see exactly what you mean. Like yeah. you said, that, that fear and it's sad because, uh, fear is what will, especially like you said, for anything, we got that fear there. And then when you think about a toxic relationship, you fear, okay, so what is this going to look like as I, when I come out? What is it going to look like for my kids? Right. You know, will I be broke? You know, will I this? And you have this long list. And then the other thing that you don't realize too is that like when you balance it out and you start thinking about the pain of even healing and going through all of that, either way it goes, you can't escape pain because yeah. you get ready to have your last breath here on earth and then you know, part of that, that ending process, you got the pain of, wow, I was in this for 50 years and this was my whole life. You're going to have that pain or you're going to have the pain of getting to the other side once you get out of it. Either way it goes, it's going to be pain. You understand what right. I'm saying? That most least, definitely. Most yeah. definitely. And I, I think also, you know, it's a big decision to leave, uh, you know, to get divorced. Mm -hmm. um, and so many people stay in it for the children. And I think that maybe I did the same thing. I didn't mm -hmm. want to hurt my two beautiful children. Right. Um, but now that I'm away from this, you know, the, there's going to be pain either way. And, you know, as a mother, um, a loving, normal range, you know, fun, mm -hmm. caring mother, I still want to role model that you can have challenges in your life, but right. you know you also can have choices to, um, you know, get yourself into a safe, happier situation. Right. Just because you know you were in this doesn't mean that you should stay in it forever, mm -hmm. no matter how you were treated or how bad it is. Um, right. That is actually role modeling in a negative way. That is so, so true. Yeah, yeah. Being fearful of, like you said, my kids not having the the image of having an ideal family, but they're still witnessing abuse every day. So yeah. that's normalized for them. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Mm-hmm. So I understand exactly what you're saying. Oh my goodness. So um, can you tell the people, the audience rather, how they can find your books? Oh, sure. You know, uh, my books are all on Amazon um and Barnes and Noble and then my publisher is Balboa Press which is a division of Hay House and oh. actually you know I've done book signings across the nation and okay. my books are in you know wherever fine books are sold okay you know? so, so they if they don't have it on the shelf they can order it you they know can even, always order. and it's it's great to support your local bookstores too not just the big big chains right you know, and let them order the books and actually if money is tight for people which mm -hmm. it is for a lot of people the books can all be you know e versions for $3.99 yes. so 
they are accessible. Um, and even the paperback books are not that expensive either. If you, okay. I'm a hard copy girl. I like to have an actual physical book to, mm -hmm. to hold and have a nice right. cup of tea and, you know, just relax, yes. read. But yeah, you can find me on, on Amazon, Barnes and Noble or Balboa Press Hay House. Ah, okay. All righty. So now we're ready for the rapid fire questions. What is your favorite kitchen gadget? <laughs> oh, this is random. Okay. Um, I would say my favorite gadget is my Vitamix, which is a blender. It's a fancy blender. Yes. Um, because I live in the Caribbean. We have our own pineapples, our own mango trees. Ooh. We grow our own organic vegetables and mm -hmm. we have a hydroponics farm. So right. Pretty much every day I make myself a very healthy smoothie with okay. the local ingredients here. So I would Hi. say my, my favorite gadget would be my um, Vitamix blender. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I remember one time I was in Sam's Club and they made um, tortilla soup. Yeah, yeah. With that blender, you know how they do the right. crowd things and they have the, the table set up. And I tell you something, I was like, oh my goodness, it was yeah. so good. And actually with the Vitamix, I mean, this is kind of getting way off topic here with the, the, the gadgets, but the Vitamix actually heats up the soup as well if you blend it. Really? And yeah. And so I'm, I'm a big soup lover as well. So um, I'm constantly making fresh vegetable soup, um, mm. from things, vegetables I get at the farmer's market or that we just grow ourselves. And oh, that's nice. So I... I that's a great gadget. Okay. Great gadget. Yeah. Wow. Five songs on your playlist. <laughs> okay. Five songs on my playlist. Okay. Mm -hmm. I've always been drawn to James Taylor and Livingston mm -hmm. Taylor, but I okay. would say James Taylor's Secret of Life. Mm. Um, because in the, the lyrics, the secret of life is enjoying the passage of time. Mm. So it's not all about the end goal. It's about right. the journey. That journey. A journey and you know another song song number two i i'm always uplifted when i hear that song i can only imagine oh isn't that nice oh, gosh it's so beautiful oh my goodness and, and there are so many different artists that play it um i love john tesh's version that's at the mm. red rocks john tesh okay i'm gonna have to look up that version oh my gosh it's just it's a live concert it was okay just Beautiful. Um, wow. And it also incorporated a multi-sensory approach where someone is, is um, drawing, I believe, a face of Jesus mm. and while this is happening. So that mm. song just gives me goosebumps all the time. Mm -hmm. So I can only imagine. Mm. Um, gosh, I love like anything Amy Grant or anything Foxes and Fossils. Um, you know, so I, there's so yeah. many songs, it's hard to so name. Many. My fourth song would be the Star Spangled Banner because I uh, hope and pray that goodness will and it will overshadow the, the negativity in mm -hmm. our beautiful United States of America. Amen. So, um, so something patriotic. And then uh, my fifth song, oh my gosh. Um, I would say that beautiful, beautiful song. It's a very old one. It's an mm -hmm. oldie but a goodie called The Water is Wide. 
Mm. And that is a song that I used to sing to my children mm. almost every night, a cappella. Really? And, and that song has a lot of meaning for me, mm -hmm. but it also connects me to my children. Yes. Yeah. And it helps you to, it, it probably helps. brings you comfort. Right. Yes. And remember the beautiful times. That yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. Uh, what about three books that you feel you can't live without? Uh, well, I've always loved Gift from the Sea by Anne Moreau Lindbergh. Okay, and that one up. Yeah, now she was married to Charles Lindbergh, who was very oh. famous for crossing the ocean. Right. You know, um, they also had a child um, kidnapped and murdered. And she had to deal with the loss of a child. And I feel that, you know, for the last five years, I've had to deal with grieving the loss of my child. So I resonate mm -hmm. with wow. her. But but the gift from the sea, and I have probably 10 copies of this, this very small book, but mm. she is drawn to the ocean. And so she she's someone who had a lot and... Um, and uh, was in the public eye, but she reflected a lot on just the beauty of nature and and the plight of people on earth. And mm. and so she each chapter is a different shell. It's a name wow. of a shell. And here I am, you know, right by the ocean. Right. And, you know, it's kind of come full circle. So Gift from the wow. Sea is my, I would say my favorite book. Okay. I don't um, have to look that up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll mail you a copy. I'll mail you a copy. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Along with my spiritual fiction. I will mail that. Okay. Um, the second book I would say is a children's book. Okay. Um, entitled Love You to the Moon and Back. Oh, is that such a cute story, isn't it? And it's Aww. a cute story that I read my to my children, but it wasn't until adulthood that that mm -hmm. took on a different meaning i actually have a tattoo with a moon with my children's initials oh. and a saying of i love you to the moon and back mm -hmm. that, uh, means a lot to me oh yes and then i would say my third book well hands down it's the bible yes it would be the bible and that is a book that so many of us uh, don't take the time to read mm -hmm. and, you know, we think it's overwhelming and we don't know where to start, but, you know, right. just, just open it up, just open yes. it up and you will gain a lot of wisdom. So those are my Amen. three three books. Oh, my word. Yes. So what do you think the answers to those three questions say about you as far as your favorite gadget, those five <laughs> songs and those three books? What does it say about Marnie Hill Fodorero. <laughs> well, I believe in nourishing our bodies. Mm -hmm. There's the Vitamix connection. Yes. And nourishing our hearts mm -hmm. and nourishing our soul. Ah, yes, yes. I love it. And for the last question, what are some parting words of wisdom that you want to leave with our audience? Well, um, first of all, I'd like to say you found a great podcast. So if you're mm -hmm. tuning in here to Katina, you found a great place to get some wisdom. 
Um, I would say, yes, of course. And I mean that. Um, Thank you. I would say to your audience that, you know, we all have challenges. Some of you might have resonated with some of my challenges and, mm -hmm. and other people have other challenges, whether it's a health scare or, you know, a work situation or whether it's money, whether you're just, you don't know where you're going to even sleep tonight. Right. Whatever your challenges, um, if you handle your challenges with love and compassion, mm -hmm. throw in a little bit of research and inner work, then you will really be able to rise above some of these challenges and live a blessed life with happiness, safety, and, and peace. Just mm -hmm. don't give up the hope. There's the things can get better that, yes. you know, just because you're in the darkness right now doesn't mean you'll always be in the darkness because it's all a journey and everything is always changing and you can yes. take charge of your own life. You can, isn't that the truth? Oh my word. Yeah. Yes. Yes. A lot of times we, you know, would think all oh, of this situation is so hopeless and yeah. You know, women, we don't realize as women, you know, people in general, and I'm just thinking like in particular with women, we uh, the power is already residing with inside of you. You know yeah. what I mean? Most definitely. Yes. I agree. And when we don't make a decision, that is also making a decision. <laughs> right, right. You know? Oh, well, yeah. wonderful words of wisdom. And if, if anyone wants to check me out or check any of the books out, um, I do have a happening section on my, my website that I keep up to date with book okay. signings and events and podcasts. And, and, and actually, I, I post a lot of wisdom from other people, um, other people's videos and, yes. and, and resources and that type of thing. My website is www.godcametomygaragesale.com. I love okay, it. Okay, so it's, yeah, so my website is the name of my spiritual fiction, God Came mm. to My Sale.com. I love it. So oh, check it out. Word. Check it out. You might find something will resonate with you. I want to just thank you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you. So much for being a guest on thank the show. This has you. been such a blessed interview, and uh, you have just such a kindred spirit. You know how yeah. you can tell, well, you know. Yeah, there is a kindred spirit. And, you know, you find as you go on the journey that you, you know, when you make some choices to let some negative people or situations out of your life, you can make room for, you know, positive, like-minded people. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's, and then you can connect with them very quickly because you, you're on the same page, you understand each other's plight. Mm -hmm. Isn't that the truth? Like yeah. you said, positive and once we start, you know, that self-work, oh my yeah. word, you yeah. know, yeah. and being able to connect and sing like, mm, no, this is not going to work for me. This is not going to work for me. Yeah. I'm no longer there. You know, this is not, you know, congruent with, like you said, my integrity and, and the values that I have. And it allows you to move forward, Yeah, you know, and um, doing that self-work actually also helps us even when it comes to thinking about, okay, do I want to enter this? another friendship, another uh, romantic yeah. relationship, you mm -hmm. would rather wait and ha have whatever it is God has for you than to rush. Right, right. You know? Yeah, there's, there's definitely divine intervention that happens, you know, uh, when you're ready for it. Oh, my word. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Thank you so much. Oh, how would I have seen 
had in store for me if I didn't give up and let him be my valley of grace where things would change and maybe they'd take up the cross I again the valley of grace never was the same after he had died Love that refined so much. So. Awesome.